Hello, my guest this week is planning to use the Bitcoin SV blockchain to provide what might loosely be called passports for cattle. <laughs> with huge potential around the world, his company eLivestock Global is working with the London blockchain development company Enchain. So how's it all going to work? I'm looking forward to finding out from CEO Chris Knight. So hi, Chris, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Charles. Pleasure to be here. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So Chris, let's start off with the problem that, that you are going to be solving with eLivestock uh, Global, uh, the problem around cattle around the world. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a big problem. There are a lot of systems. They're not unified, um, and a lot of them are paper-based. They're manual. They're not they're not connected, and, and that's where the opportunity was. Um, so, so we thought that uh, – and we started in Zimbabwe where they'd actually had a humanitarian issue. Um, they had lost 50 – no one knows the exact number – 50 to 100,000 cattle due to a disease outbreak, and this is exactly what our system is designed to, to solve, better – Better tracking of healthcare leads to better addressing of issues. We're supply and value chain. Right. Well, let's we'll get into the detail about how it works in a minute. But just a little bit on your background, because you mentioned a humanitarian. I think your background is in some uh, philanthropic organizations and that there's a sort of developmental aspect to your interest in this subject. Is that right? Yes, I, I've worked in the international development sector, primarily in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, primarily with USAID, but I've worked with the World Bank and the U.N. and, and all the major donors. I'm actually going to be presenting with uh, UK aid uh, uh, next month. So so that's exciting on, on Web3. So, so, uh, so um, yeah, that, my background is trying to solve uh, the world's problems, I would say, primarily with technology, although I don't believe that technology is always the answer. Right. But eLivestock Global is is a commercial organization, right? Uh, absolutely, I, I, I'm known as being a little bit of an uh, an innovator. So, so actually, one of the one of the ways this company came about was we decided to try to solve a uh, a humanitarian issue with a sort of private sector approach. Interesting. Well, now let's dive into the detail here because I know that it involves uh, giving cattle RFID tags. Yeah, and. I'm pretty sure that my cat has an RFID tag that allows it to come into the cat flap and the cat flap will not admit any other cats. Would, would that be the thing, the kind of thing we're talking about? Yeah, similar, similar. There's microchipping with, with domestic, uh, domestic pets and animals. And there's also, there's also RFID or Bluetooth uh, solutions used. So your, right, your so cat this door is, is programmed. Yeah. Uh, to, to only, only admit your cat. Is that correct? Yeah, but that's not RFID then. Uh, yes, it could be. It could be. Actually, I, I don't want to get too far off on the topic, but we were approached by a, a microchip manufacturer who who, uh, for, who asked if our technology or solution would work with domestics, and and uh, the short answer was yes. We were oh, able okay. to quickly develop a prototype. So yeah, uh, the the RFID is is uh, it's a little more uh, um, sophisticated, uh, a little more. Um, robust for 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 sort right. of uh, livestock yeah yeah because obviously with a cow <laughs> it's never going to be this close to the thing that is reading the the uh the tag yeah exactly is is, is what's on your cat is it on the collar mm, 
I think it's just buried in his fur somewhere on his back, actually. Okay, then that's probably more a microchip. But yeah, uh, you can actually get RFID tags for 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 uh, uh, domestic animals. I should have kept my cat out of this because we've got a bit off the track. But just getting back to your work then. So mm -hmm. perhaps you could just talk me through what what basically happens uh, when you first work with a with cattle and, and what what comes of it further down the chain. Well, well, getting back to the, we're, our being a social enterprise, we had to look a little bit at digital and financial inclusion. Some some of the our, our pilot farmers they don't they don't use technology and they're not in the banking system. So so we had to think about we had to design a system that basically the farmer does not have to use to benefit from as long as they're registered in it, and that's what our system does. So they don't need to have a a mobile phone or a cell phone uh, uh, to use our system. They just need to be to be enrolled in it. Right. So when you approach a farmer, what is it that you're offering them exactly? We're offering them uh, basically by by getting health care and having it through our system. We're offering them uh, healthier cows, basically reduced mortality. That's the initial that's the initial uh, uh, selling point. And how does that come about? Well, governments offer services, uh, particularly particularly in Africa. They still do a lot of immunization for for you know livestock, and and so a, a government that uses our system, um, they're able to then, as they do these interventions, it gets noted in the system, and it it's um, it's a little bit. Uh, you've heard of Carfax. We we could say it's like Cowfax. It's a, it's a simple electronic health record for the animal, which actually uh, not only does it help the farmer in that the farmer has reduced mortality, but it also increases the value of the animal much the same way that if you're buying a used vehicle uh, and you see the service and, and accident records, you, you, you might, you, you might pay a premium. Right. So every cow will have on the blockchain it was vaccinated at this point. It was born at this point, and and the whole sort of it's just like an individual biography in a way for the cow. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and and uh, we use the blockchain for for provenance, basically. So that way, uh, that way, uh, you can't you can't fudge the the record, which which would happen with the paper systems. So. Right. Who's paying who for this in your business? Well, it's a platform, so so we envision as we get to scale that we're going to have uh, different customers. We're gonna have we're gonna have uh, commercial farmers, smallholder farmers, um, uh, governments, uh, actually uh, large organizations. We've had discussions with the African Union about rolling out a, a, a you know a region wide dashboard uh, showing all all the cattle and and basically being able to track all these things based on the the UN's. Uh, Hunger tracker, which but ours is more is a little more positive. It's it's not starving people. It's healthy, healthy livestock. Right. Okay. So, so the farmer has uh, had these RFID tags embedded in the cow. The history of their vaccinations or whatever is uh, recorded on the blockchain. And then what happens then as the cow goes through its life cycle? Well, uh, the farmer may uh, keep the cow, or the farmer may sell the cow, um, and and that's uh, I mean, and and if eventually if the farmer doesn't sell the cow, eventually it will it will you know no longer come, it will come to pass. So so I mean, those are sort of the yeah different outcomes. Yeah, right. So if the farmer sells the cow, it'll have a better value, perhaps because all this information is attached to it. When we were in pilot, we had a guy come by from from Saudi Arabia, and he was in he was he was in Zimbabwe to buy cattle, and he says he said, "Oh, fantastic! I with your system, I don't need to fly here anymore. I can just look at the 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 cattle records and and do my purchases remotely." 
Right. So that's where we, we see a market. We envision a marketplace, too. And it could be a global marketplace as as, as some farmers in Europe are getting out of the cattle business, there's still going to be there's still going to be a need for for meat in Europe. So we see that our system could help supply that demand. And when when it time when it comes time for the cattle to be slaughtered, what is the impact at that stage of, of your system? They can still keep tracking the uh, the 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 movement of the the carcass, um, but uh, it can also be the tag is retired. Um, uh, right, that, that's, yeah, it's a one it. it's a one time use, much like a license plate on on an automobile. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you don't. Uh, I know some places you do transfer, but typically it's it's retired. So, right, so it's not as if I'm going to be going into a restaurant and find out that the beef steak that I've ordered has was you know the whole history of the cow that it came from you can absolutely find out that information yeah it's it's farm to fork what what it, we designed our system to be focused on the farmer but uh, but we have in mind that that consumers particularly younger consumers they do want to know the story of the the story of their steak so to speak okay but but at that point obviously the tag has become detached from the meat so yeah, you'd have to track. Now we use uh, the 2023 uh, livestock standard, which is is obviously it hasn't it's not rolled out yet, but we're ready for that. So we think that's one of the opportunities of our system. But there's a unique ID number that's assigned to each animal, and, and as long as you have that number, you, you you can have that information. So even though the tags retired, the the record is still is still available. What you mean? Your company is assigning these numbers to each animal? Yes, in accordance with the with the ISO standard. Yeah. Right, right. So if you if you give me the number of a cow in our system, I can tell you the country, I can tell you the district, I can I can look up the record, I can I can get other information, right, health weight, okay. etc. And why are you starting your work in develop in Africa rather than in big industrial farms in uh, North America, say? Well, we do we do have global in the name, but we we thought being a being a social enterprise also with my background and also the initial opportunity those were all those were all within within Africa. So we thought why why not? And and it also demonstrates a model of how you can solve things from a private sector perspective. So. Right, and and so what stage have you got to with with rolling this out? We're going into four countries. Uh, our initial pilot was just one and, and 10,000 animals. Now we have access to a, a market of livestock of up to 25 million. So that's, a, that's a good, a good that we've got, we've got room to grow. Now our system also works with other livestock. We just started with, with cows because they're the high, the, the highest value animal, but it also works with sheep and uh, pigs and goats. So our, our system's ready to do that. Chickens. Everyone mentions chickens. Uh, my, my, my co-founder, we, we, <laughs> um you you can trace chickens but uh the the cost models are different and also also the lifespan and and et cetera et cetera so so yes there 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 are many and actually we're 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 looking at other commodities uh within the value chains as well so that's one, one yeah. of the nice things we we're we're less uh we're less bitcoin and we're more that we think blockchain is very is very good uh we're, sorry we're yes. less crypto i should say when we're more that we think that blockchain is very good with value and supply chains so yeah, I noticed on your website that you have sort of gone out of your way to distance yourself from Bitcoin, what people think of Bitcoin as being associated with. And uh, perhaps that's a bit of a no-no when it comes to interesting people in the project, does it? That you you really don't you want them to think about blockchain but not Bitcoin. Yeah, we're 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 
Um, crypto can be controversial. Um, yeah. so, so that's that's part of what we're really about. We're really about traceability. And, and my background is a little bit uh, financial payment systems. Like I built the payment network in Armenia in the 1990s, uh, which was a national payment system. Uh, that was more smart cards, whereas now we're looking at smart contracts. Uh, but yeah, we're we're less about mm. we're less about currency. Right. Yeah. Well, and but you are working with Enchain, which is the blockchain yes. development business in London. Can you tell me a bit about how you work with them and what's going to come out of that? Well, it's uh, we, we've only been working with them for a couple of months, but one of the things we see we see is just the uh, there's a lot more scope. So I think we will get to to payments and a little more into some of the. We're, we're going to be a little less supply and value chain specific and a little more or sort of value add but a, a lot of this is 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 ongoing so so uh so perhaps if we meet in six months <laughs> there'll be there'll be more more public announcements right so do you think that you know is there a vision of one day you can actually trade these animals on the blockchain as as the whole buying and selling could happen in, oh in this- absolutely Absolutely. And we're we're exploring some of the conversations like what if you have a, a, a pregnant cow uh, and then and then it has a calf. But if you were doing a cow coin, as people love to people love to say you're going to do a cow coin, uh, would, would there would there suddenly be two cow coins? And, and these are all interesting questions, which we will work with accountants and, and lawyers on if we if we do go in that direction. And it's possible. Uh, certainly, I could see a scenario where we are doing we are operating on a stable coin uh, because a stable coin would be would be a more stable currency than than some of the countries we operate in. Mm. Um, Z- Zimbabwe uh, is U.S. dollar based, for example. Their own currency is not is not really tradable. Right. I'm also thinking of the um, Facebook based game Farmville that was very popular mm. a few years ago. And um, maybe maybe you could come up with a sort of like digital version of the entire herd of cattle and I could sort of watch them all on my uh, Farmville animation version. Yeah, we are. We are thinking, uh, particularly with with Enchain, who does have uh, scope in the gaming industry. Um, uh, we are thinking about ways to to sort of reward farmers for for doing all the right things. So so there are, you know, much much like with well, I don't want to say people in immunizations, but there there are good things to do for cattle that that uh, a farmer should should you know could be pre rewarded on, not just at at the the point of sale. You, you know, keeping um, if you can if you can have these certified or green areas where where there aren't certain diseases, then it it sort of benefits everybody. There's broad benefits. So the question is, how do you incentivize the farmer to do that? And perhaps perhaps there will be a, a some sort of gaming, <laughs> right. But yeah, you, it's interesting that you mentioned that the farmers that you're working with in some of these countries, they don't have a phone or computer or whatever. So basically, they are looking after the animals, but doc uh, vets or other people will come in and uh, add the information to the blockchain. Is that how it works? Yes, it's a little bit like when when a human goes to the doctor. Uh, you, you know, we don't typically update our own health records. We have right. the we have the uh, professional do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how long? Uh, when? How long have you been working on this? Um, is this a, a sort of a dream you've had for for years that is coming to fruition, or what? Uh it was. Uh, this all sort of came about in the summer of the. Uh, of- 2019, which was sort of, we're, we're sort of a pandemic business. Like, uh, I think we're one of the businesses that's coming out of lock, coming strong out of out of lockdown. But it sort of happened over the summer of 2019. I was giving a, 
Uh, as I mentioned, I'm a development professional and a known technologist. Uh, um, I was giving a lightning talk on blockchain, and my my other founder was actually in Colorado um, uh, uh, working with Beef, and we started talking from there, uh, Beef and blockchain, or, or livestock and blockchain, and and that's that's sort of how it came about. So, um, and and of course we we, we we're. we're uh, a lot of people in the blockchain space are, are sort of space obsessed, uh, uh, but it was also the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. So it just seemed sort of things just kind of meshed together. <laughs> I don't know. Whether, have you come across um, a Bitcoin SV based business called Unisot? Um, there's a there's an entrepreneur called uh, uh, called Stefan Nilsson, who's based in Norway, uh-huh. and he's been working on um, a a similar kind of thing for the Norwegian fish industry, mm-hmm. um, where individual fish can be traced. I don't, I don't think he's so much looking at vaccines and so on, but how old the fish mm-hmm. is, where it's come from, and everything, and, and very much as you say, right through to the the plate in the restaurant or whatever. You could see the whole history of the uh, of the fish that you're eating. Well, it's interesting. Our statement of work for for uh, for Uganda does include fisheries, so I don't I don't quite know where we're going to go with that. But we're we're starting with livestock. But certainly the 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 approach can be used for 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 certainly traceability in in the uh, in the fishing industry. So, right, right. Well, so how long how, how long do you think it'll take to really get this established? It sounds like you've made a huge amount of progress in in a pretty short time so far. Yeah, we're we're focused on on we. we our our idea is that we have a, a a low cost system, so so it could scale pretty rapidly. But it's a matter of getting. Uh, obviously, you, you you need you need certain approvals to 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 move things forward, and then and then also uh, uh, there is some education of the farmer. They have to see the benefit, especially so so for some for some of the people we work with. They you know our system is two dollars, including the first the first year of subscription. Um, but for some people, that's that's real money. So. What what do you get for two dollars? For two dollars, you get your your cow tagged and and loaded in the system, and then you get uh, basically then they have access to to other services. So oh, as he says, two two dollars per cow. Two dollars per cow, yeah. So. Right, right, okay. And if pregnant cow, you'd have to. Well, the, the the calf will eventually need a tag, and actually, the real benefit to the system is is if you if you start with the calves, and 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 then they get it for the whole life cycle. Right, right. Well, it sounds amazing, Chris. Thank you so much for for talking to me today, and um, I really hope we can catch up again and um, maybe uh, film something with you with with some cows, with some actual cows in a, a beautiful farm somewhere. That would that's what would be the next stage, I think. Absolutely, and not just cows. Because of where we operate, there's often wildlife. So we we we're always sharing a picture of like cows with elephants and 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 et cetera. It's just these are these are wonderful places uh, to work, and we, we think that's part of part of Africa. Is we need to we need to not just do the livestock, but also respect the nature. Sounds amazing. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Chris. Thank you, sir. Bye. Thanks very much to Chris Light. Next week, I'll be talking to Bernhard Muller, who has a long history of interest in Bitcoin and is turning that to practical effect with his BSV wallet, Chenti. So please join Bernhard and me, Charles Miller, for another CoinGeek conversation. Until then, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.